Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, verses four through seven. And Moses is here speaking to the children of Israel during the great Exodus. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> More than 20 years ago when I was a pastor, I was conducting a baptism. And during the baptism, there were about probably five people up at the front with me. And as I was applying water to this little boy's head, I just remember hearing kind of sniffling like someone crying. And I just glanced up and here the father of the boy was just tears flowing down his face. And after the service, as we were taking pictures and everything, I came up to him and I said, are you okay? Is everything all right? And he said, yeah. But it just hit me just how, what a big thing this is and how important this was and what an awesome responsibility this is. And I said to him, the fact that you look at it that way means you're going to take it seriously and you're going to be a great dad. Yesterday in chapel, we heard about your relationship as a college student to your parents. Now that you're an adult, what kind of relationship do you have to your parents? Today, we're going to look at you in the role of being in the transitional stage between coming out of childhood and into adulthood and maybe looking forward to being a parent and establishing your own family life. Most of you have grown out of childhood, most of you. And uh, you're looking forward probably to being a parent. It's about, they claim it's probably 90 to 95% of people your age want to be a parent someday. And I'm just going to make a quick side note. <clears throat> Our culture today tempts us to delay getting married and becoming parents and tries to find a variety as if, as if that's going to make our lives better. God gives these gifts to us as a blessing and a joy for us in our lives. And I would just encourage you not to look at it that way, that, that it's something you have to delay as if somehow that's going to make improve your life. Okay, back to our devotion. God established the home and the home life as the foundational centerpiece to all of society. And if you think about it, God didn't start by creating a business and by creating like agencies and government and schools and things like that, all of which are important. But instead, he started with a man and a woman and then had them have children. He started society with the family. And ultimately, all of those other things, which are very important in life, all of those other things are really there to serve the relationships in a family. And he has designed all of society in that way to rest upon this foundational structure of the family, which is why as soon as you begin to destroy that and wreck that, it just devastates, devastates society. And it's also the place where God has designed that we pass on our knowledge of him to the children that he, has blessed, that he blesses us with. 
Now, if you think about it, the fall into sin brought horrific consequences into the mix for a lot of things, but especially to marriage and family. The immediate damage you can see if you read through the first 10 chapters of Genesis, and just, just read it with the perspective of family in mind or marriage in mind, okay? You can just see how viciously evil and the devil attacks marriage and family relationships, how quickly he tries to go after them. You can tell that the devil knows how significant these things are for our knowledge of God. Most of the things that we see in those first 10 chapters, and it's true throughout the rest of Scripture, and all the way down to us today, most of those attacks have to do with these relationships. And it shows the tremendous value that God has placed inside of them. Now the context of our reading that we just had is that Moses is speaking to the children of Israel on behalf of God before they enter the promised land. And he begins by reviewing all of the history of the wonderful things and providential things God has done to take care of his people. And uh, now he's going to address uh, how they teach this to their children in their home life. One of the things that they had with them on that great exodus was the tabernacle. Inside of the tabernacle was the holy place and then that very special sanctuary known as the Holy of Holies or the Most Holy Place. That's later reflected in the great temple that's built in Jerusalem. That most holy place, a small little tiny sanctuary inside of the great temple where God made his presence known. And I would like you to think about your future family and your marriage as the most holy place, the sacred spot, the sacred location where God wants the faith to be confessed and taught and proclaimed to the children and so on. Treat your house, treat your future home as that little sanctuary where God makes his presence known. In general, no other institution can have such a positive or negative effect on a child's spiritual life than that sacred place, the home. It's only about 5% of people who come to the Christian faith apart from parents or grandparents. It's very rare, but it does happen. Thanks be to God. Here's some things that we can get from the text before us regarding your future role as a, a mom or dad. First of all, notice that it starts with parents who make God's word their own top priority. Listen to Moses' words again. God says through him, These words which I command you today shall be in your heart first. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Notice they have to go through the heart of the parent to the child. It's not just information you're spewing. This is something that needs to be taken into the heart and lived in the very life of the parent, the mom or dad, right there in the home. We are not simply to speak instructions to our children. We are to model the faith. We are to model why Christ is so important to us. We model to our children how we have no goodness or righteousness in ourselves. And that's why we need this Savior so desperately who's come to die on the cross to pay for all of our sins, to purchase our entrance into heaven. And the love for him and for his word and for his sacrament, those are the ways that we model to our children the great blessings that we have in this Savior. 
So first of all, let it be in your heart and make sure you take care of that, number one, before you start teaching your children. Number two, realize the impact that one generation can have on the next in terms of a spiritual legacy. A family tree is just like a regular tree when it comes to spiritual things. If a tree branch has a disease in it, everything will die in that branch. And so it will often be likewise in families. All it takes is one generation, one father, especially fathers, who neglect their duties of raising their children in God's word or fail to model it to their children, and it can have devastating consequences for many generations to come. I am, as far as I know, I haven't done Ancestry.com yet, but as far as I know, I am 100% Norwegian. Hell yeah, you know? And um, my ancestry goes all the way back to Norway, as far as I know, on both sides of my family. Somewhere in my family history, maybe back hundreds and hundreds of years ago, somebody came out of pagan worship of, of idols and somehow was brought to faith in Christ through the word of God and baptism. And from that point forward, it has rippled down and been a blessing to me in my life. Don't ever underestimate the role that God, how God may use you in the passing on of this faith from one generation to the next. Someday I plan to find out in heaven who that relative was, where that first change started to take place. Finally, notice from our text that God's word is to permeate every aspect of your life. Notice the thoroughness, the all-inclusive nature of this instruction. I'll read it again. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. What else is there? It permeates every part of life. Sometimes we like to think that it's always great to be involved in doing something big and to get our name out there on something that's going to be big. When it comes to parenting and bringing your children up in the faith, it's the little things that matter. The little daily devotions, the little prayers at bedtime, the little instructions to your children about their love for Christ during the day. Those tiny little things, little seeds that continue to replant that precious gift of faith that's given to them in their baptism. And when this takes place in the home, it creates that holy of holies place, a shelter, if you will, from the work of the devil. Listen to what Martin Luther said. If an injury that really hurts is to be done the devil, it must be inflicted through young people who are reared in the knowledge of God, spread God's word, and teach it to others. So may we, by God's grace, never underestimate the value of the role you may play in the future as a Christian parent. That little baby that I baptized that day when his dad was crying, <clears throat> I happened to see him a few years ago at a youth convention and came up and talked to him. And you could tell that the precious faith put in his heart that day in baptism was still alive. And it made me think about his dad crying that day and how important he saw his role as a Christian father. May, may God give us hearts of faith to recognize the great significance that there is in our role as Christian parents toward our children so that someday we can enjoy their presence with us in heaven. Amen.